So hello and welcome to the 36th episode of the Spotlight Podcast, the unofficial podcast for Century 21 sales representatives in Canada, where we discuss the hot topics and important news in the real estate industry. So I'm your host, Linus Killius, and with me as always is Aaron Richardson. Hey, Aaron, Hi, how's Linus. it going? Good. Yeah, it's going good for me too. I'm actually pretty excited about the show. There's a lot to talk about. Um, but Aaron is a broker and general manager with Century 21 Heritage Group. He has an extensive background in online marketing, technology, and customer service. And I'm the head of business development at the real estate marketing company, Homania. So we all know that farming a neighborhood can be a great source of leads. We also know that farming an area is tedious, time-consuming, and can take months or even years before you get any tangible return on your time investment. So how are you farming your neighborhood? Are you door-knocking? Maybe you're sending out postcards to the area? Well, what about getting involved in the community? hosting community events, sponsoring community events, volunteering at community events, general networking in the community among residents and businesses even. These are solid ways to enhance your image in the community, but yet many agents avoid getting involved and stick to the more traditional farming methods. So today we're going to talk to you about the advantages of getting involved in the neighborhood, or in the, in the community, I guess, and how it can not only get you more visibility and brand recognition in the neighborhood, but be more personally rewarding as well. But before we start, um, I really wanted to talk to Aaron about what's been going on in the GTA, because in and around Toronto, the market's been absolutely crazy. And this isn't just something that's a local issue anymore. It's not even a national issue. It's almost an international issue. The whole world seems to be watching. And I'm starting to see people talking about price increases on a weekly basis as opposed to month to month or year to year now. It's just getting that kind of crazy. So what what exactly is going on here, and why is it so crazy? We talked about a couple episodes, but it's now I think it's becoming more of a public facing issue, even. Yeah, and you know what? It's uh, it's interesting that uh, you bring that up because yes, it has, uh, and it's been this way for a month. And actually, let's be honest, it's been this way probably about a year. But crazy, crazy for the last couple months. And uh, uh, what we mean by that is in terms of the inventory levels being. You know, where where a busy market was, we we're sitting about 12,000 units. Uh, we're down to 5,000 units, or in, in this case, a couple of weeks ago, we're at the 3,500 units, which means this, there just wasn't enough supply to uh, meet the demand. And uh, that cro- caused a lot of craziness and people pay- paying for uh, houses that, you know, prices that were so far out of, you know, the realm of, you know, it even appraising out, you know, uh, things up 30, in some cases 50%. Um, over uh, last year, so uh, yeah, no, it's been it's been nuts. Um, but there has been a market shift. Um, I would say about a week ago, um, where the craziness started to cease to exist. Uh, the expectations of agents and their sellers were so high to get these ridiculous prices that we now need to manage that because uh, the the crazy 24 offers and all the rest of it isn't happening. The showings have gone down, like almost cut in half because the amount of new listings hitting the market has really started to take off. So that that creates a shift. Well, that, that's somewhat good to hear because you're seeing yeah. it in the news quite a bit that like that the, the nerves seem to be kind of coming in uh, in the general public and it seems that um, regulation is almost something that's talked about on a regular basis in terms of that it might be more inevitable now, like some sort of policy shift to try and curtail this. And there's a lot of concern that any sort of policy shift might lead to the house of cards tumbling down on us too. Um, is there is there cause for concern here or is this going to course correct on its own? Because uh, these things seem to snowball pretty quickly, especially when high you know returns on your investment and greed is involved. 
I believe the the cause for concern is whether or not they do step in and do something about it. Um, I think the market will uh, take care of itself. I, I, I see it now with the amount of listings that are coming up. Buyers are now saying, uh, listen, I don't need to, you know, blow my brains out on the next offer. I've got lots of inventory here. So let's just, uh, you know, take our time and, and uh, buy something uh, at a reasonable price. So and I think uh, what needs to happen shift in terms of the agent's philosophy and how they sit down and talk to their sellers is make sure they manage expectations that they're not, you know, because we've been doing this for the last month, telling people, wow, get your house up. It's amazing. 24 offers, things going way over and everybody hears all this stuff. Now, so what's happening is sellers putting their house up and they're going, well, you said there would be a lineup at the front door and there's only been four showings in four days. What's happening? And uh, we're getting nervous saying, oh, you know, my I have to re- uh, have a conversation. Uh, I have to go back and have a conversation with the seller to uh, reestablish their expectation level that uh, come you know offer date you might not get ten offers, you might not even get an offer. So and that's happening. We've seen it happen in the last two weeks. So um, yeah, there, there, we have to really think about how we're um, holding off offers, how long we're holding off offers, um, you know, just how we're uh, talking to our sellers. So. It seems like everything's so dynamic to, like you're saying, just in the past couple of weeks. So we're talking about having to reevaluate the market almost on a, a weekly basis to, to temper yeah. expectations even, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, and everybody's talking about it. I mean, the one uh, advantage I have is that uh, I'm so, um, I guess, connected with the agents within different areas of the city, uh, north of Toronto, Thornhill, you know, and... Uh, just being able to have that heartbeat and knowing what's going on in the different areas um, and everybody's talking the same talk. I mean, they're coming up and going, Aaron, look at my list of showings this week. How come I've only got five? Like it's, you know, and, and we're having those conversations and, and the reason, you know, the reason it, it's the, the inventory levels are going up and buyers have purchased, you know, there's still lots of them out there and I'm, the, the sky's not falling here. <laughs> it's still an amazing market. We're still selling houses and we're still selling it from a top end, but we will see a, a bit of a shift over the next uh, few weeks. Like you said, it could be weekly and even monthly, so. Well, that's good. I mean, it's not sustainable the way that it's been for the past while. So you need to have some sort of shift, and it's good to hear. Like I, this is the first time hearing about it too. The past week or two, that you know yeah. things are starting to, to tail off a bit, and hopefully that'll mean that the, you know everyone always talks about like the, the carpet being pulled out from under you versus like a soft landing type thing, and, and maybe this will just kind of this little this, peak that we've been getting recently will will taper this off. Is what- all the agents are waiting for it. We're waiting for this uh, opportunity because we have a list of 10 buyers, let's say, that are looking to purchase. We just can't find them the place. It's going to be great for the market. Uh, a ton more sales are going to be going through the office, and, uh, and uh, we're going to be able to satisfy those buyers now. We're going to have a lot of uh, happy buyers, put it that way. And I think we'll have happy sellers too. I mean, as much as people always want to get the most for their house, um, I think everybody, there's not one person out there right, right now is not going to be happy with what they get because it's, it's, uh, it's still a very good price they're getting for their house. Okay. On that note, maybe we'll move on to the main topic too. I was talking about this for about seven minutes or so. Um, so networking in the community, mm-hmm. what are the advantages of networking in the community? Can you talk about that a bit first before we get into the details? Oh, advantages of networking in the community, I, I think it comes down to the fun aspect of real estate. Um, nobody really wants to go door knocking and cold calling and all the rest of it. Um, 
but what we do like doing is, and I hope the majority of us that are in real estate like talking to people. We like, uh, you know, meeting new people and uh, networking amongst people in the community is the best way to, um, one of the best ways, I think, from a, you know, enjoying your job standpoint to to get some business and uh, enjoy what you do. Yeah, and it's always important to make sure you're enjoying what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, right? You need to have that reason, that motivation to go into work every day. And if it is, if, if say like door knocking is not your thing, there are other alternatives. Like I guess we're going to be talking about here to getting that networking in the community and getting that face time with everybody and, and doing it in a way that you can enjoy it on a regular basis. Just a good quality of life uh, change potentially to people who might think of these things as tedious, right? Yep, absolutely. So, how would you start networking the community in a more interesting and fun way than door knocking then, Aaron? There's so many different avenues. There's so many different things you can do. So there's a lot of good ideas out there, I guess. Um, if you're a, um, let's say you're just a fun-loving person that just loves to go out and meet people, um, there's tons of networking events that are held within the community. Uh, anything from um, charity events to actually networking events, which means um, a bit like-minded individuals within the business community, s- similar to like a chamber of commerce or the chamber of commerce, uh, host a lot of type events that uh, that get people to um, uh, meet each other, uh, have a few drinks, um, talk. You know, it could be a breakfast meeting, so you could, you know, get together um, with maybe ten like-minded uh, people in the different industries. So you got a lawyer, you've maybe got a financer, somebody in the financial industry. Um, you could have a a dentist in there you could have a door you know somebody who sells doors for a living or you know it doesn't matter you know, different businesses in town and essentially you're just making connections and they know that the prime directive of the group is to give everybody business so um i know a few agents that uh join a networking group a breakfast group last year and they've already seen two three sales from it because you know the contractor that they used and referred to one of their friends um, had him sell their house and purchased a house. And this is just how it works, right? So. so is that more about making almost like a business referral network? Is that what the goal yeah, of this is? A, well, and that's one of them. That's just one aspect. Let's say you like you just your outgoing purposes, people like you, you know, just get in front of people. So that's just one aspect. And let's say you're a, um, a planner. You love planning parties and you're an organizer. You know, you like to get you know, things organized. So organize uh, events. Um, there is again, a a lady in our office that did this last year. She's going to do it again this year. And she organized uh, an Easter egg hunt at the local park and sent out flyers. She had over 250 people come out with all their kids to the park and, and, uh, and do an Easter egg hunt. What a great opportunity to meet the people in your farm area, the neighborhoods that you work in and uh, get some business. Yeah. When I was growing up, there was a similar, um, situation too. Uh, a local agent would organize an annual corn roast around the fall where they'd bring out like a ton of corn to be a community event. There'd be, you know, bouncy castles and everything for the kids, different like, you know, tournaments and games and such too. And yeah, it bring like hundreds of people in the community out, get a lot of face time for the, the real station that was organizing it too. It seemed to be a great um, way to bring up, you know, your, her, her face time in the area and like networking within the community as well. So, um, yeah, so that but, was face FaceTime before there was FaceTime. I guess so. Yeah, different <laughs> different kind of FaceTime, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, organizing community events is great, but one problem with that is it can be awfully time consuming. Yes. Uh, what about just sponsoring community events? Is that a okay. better avenue to go? So, like I say, you don't have the time, but you've got the money, right? Hey, Maybe. and that's the other thing. I mean, especially if you are a busy agent and saying, okay, you know, 
I don't have it, but you could just, yeah, it just piggyback. There's, there was an event at, at Halloween this year, and uh, one of our top agents in the office uh, ended up $500 um, to sponsor the Halloween haunted house in Newmarket. And it was in the paper, it was online, it was, um, it was on TV. Um, thousands of people went to this haunted house in Newmarket, and uh, the front of every, you know, every uh, piece of paper, front of the house, everything was the name of the agent. And it looked like the agent put on the event, and it only cost him $500 and no time. So, and they allowed him to be there and shake hands. So, that's an amazing opportunity. That that was $500 well spent for sure. Oh, it sounds like it. I got another story too. A local hockey team, uh, the OHL hockey team, the Kingston Frontenacs. Uh, I whenever I take the kids there I, uh, on Fridays, there will be an agent that comes in in between periods. They match a donation or whatever it is. They bring out a big check on the ice. We got a couple kids around them. You know, everyone cheers and, and claps their hands and everything. And there's about three thousand plus people that see that every single week, right? That agent gets the FaceTime. Lo- looks good in the community too because they're doing this. I know that he's a very successful agent as well, so he's probably a very busy kind of person but he does this once a week thing and gets in front of 3,000 people in front of like you know a very big audience and gets that good PR I guess too and gets his name out there so I mean there's there's thousands of ways you could be creative about you know networking in the community and getting that FaceTime getting the appearance of looking at actually looking good too and like doing things that are beneficial in the community as well yeah um, one thing I will caution uh, one thing with it comes to sponsorship um, cause I think the traditional method of sponsorship is like, I'm going to sponsor my son's hockey team or my son's baseball team. Um, throwing money at, uh, those type of sponsorships can be very, um, uh, I guess cost ineffective. Um, whereas, uh, you know, they see your name, but they see 500 other agents names all over town on bus, ben, bun, uh, buses and, and benches. And why are they going to use you? The important thing to do is uh, what you had mentioned with the FaceTime. If you're going to sponsor event, you have to find a way to plug yourself into the team, which means, um, you know, can you can you bring them all out to a Boston pizza nearby and, uh, you know, pay for a dinner? And that way you meet all the parents and you can network amongst the parents and they can get to know you and like you, therefore use you. That's the way you're going to get the business. It, it can't be just the name on the shirt. It's got to be uh, it's got to be the FaceTime that you have with them and, and, and start and even ask at that point in time for a list of the people on the team and their email addresses, because I'm sure somebody of the coach has that. And that uh, goes along with the sponsorship, too, so that you can give them a call and follow up and, you know, and thank them, all that kind of stuff. I see a common theme here. You're, you're selling your personality, and you, you can't yeah. do that on a piece of paper, right? So That's right. That's, I guess that's the kind of key here is to get in front of people and to do that through these community events or community sponsorships or whatever they happen to be. Okay, so I actually want to backtrack a little bit, something we were talking about earlier uh, regarding the referral network amongst other people, other business people in the area. You're talking about the Chamber of Commerce potential networking meetings. Now, we're talking about how you can create a network amongst the business owners in terms of like maybe getting leads from them because they like who you are and then you just kind of get your face in front of them. But are there strategic, strategic business relationships you could potentially make with these people as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, one of the exercises we have in our, we call it our quick start program when you're starting as a new agent, is to write down everybody you know. And that's the very first thing you need to do. Your whole sphere of influence. And some of the things you forget, um, you know your barber, right? You know the person that does your hair. You know maybe some of the businesses that you shop at or um, some of the business owners in town. Or and if you don't know them, you should maybe 
you know, start to get out there to meet them through networking events. But if you happen to know some strategic people in town, for example, the uh, I remember I I um, used to work at uh, National Sports Center, and uh, the owner for Boston Pizza would come in all the time to talk to the manager of the location, which happened to be me. So he wanted a strategic partner with a sports store in town in order to do some advertising and stuff. So I developed a relationship with him. He's still at Boston Pizza, and it'd be somebody that I would stop by and say, "Listen, you know what? Let's continue this relationship. You know, I can bring, um, you know, whether it be a bunch of agents or I can bring um, a, a hockey team I sponsor by. You know, can we, you know, start to have those strategic partnerships? And the interesting thing is, you don't never know where a referral is going to come from. So even though I've got a strategic partner in town, like you know Mike over at um, over at Boston Pizza. Mike might like every day people go into Mike's restaurant and start talking about real estate. And when he hears over here's, Oh, I have a real estate here. Here's this card, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, where I go for uh, lunch on our main street in Newmarket, uh, the maid's cottage, there's ladies that work there and uh, they gave us a referral at one point in time. Cause we had the office down the road and somebody came in and started talking about real estate and buying in town. So they came up and talked to us. So you just never know where these, these partnerships are going to happen. That, that's kind of funny now that you mentioned that too. This is has a real estate parallel, but it has nothing to do with real estate directly. Anyhow, I was actually in Home Depot uh, a couple of days ago looking for a deep freeze, and I was waiting for them to get the deep freezer off the the top shelf because it was the only ones they had were up there. So I was waiting around, and while I was waiting, uh, one of the other customers was talking to one of the Home Depot representatives uh, about some part that she couldn't find for her furnace. And the Home Depot person was saying, like, oh, you know, like we don't really do that kind of thing. You have to contact like a, a, he, a heating company or a heating and air conditioning company. And I sat there and be like, I kind of know a good one. I might as well just like let her know about it, right? So I was like, oh, yeah. there's this really good one in town that I've used in the past. And I, I gave a referral, like, I've got no nothing that's invested gain in this company. It. Yeah, no, no gain. I was just like, I feel like I, I kind of have to tell her this to try and help her out. So I did. And I guess she, I guess that company got a referral just because I had a good experience with them too. So like you said, you, I guess you never know where these are going to come from. Like I, I was just waiting for my deep freezer to come down from uh, the top shelf at Home Depot and I was giving a referral to a home, uh, HVAC company. So. Well, that's a great example of why it is so important. We could be talking about, uh, you know, network involvements and all this stuff with the community and everything, but right from the beginning, making sure that the people that you know are remembering you. So you should be sending a newsletter monthly. You should be calling them every quarter. You should be dropping by and giving them a gift and, and making sure they have a stack of business cards. So... Make sure your mom and dad and your sisters and your everybody in your family has a stack of business cards in their wallet because, or, or their purse or whatever, because you never know where you're sitting and you're hearing this, yeah, you know, I really think about selling my house. And then they go, oh, by the way, you know, give this person a try. So these are all so important things. And if these systems aren't set up from the beginning, uh, all the other stuff can work, but they, you know, we want it to be as efficient as possible and, and, you know, double your income and all the rest of it, have these systems in place so that when you do, yeah, bump into somebody or somebody bumps into somebody that they're always ready to be a, uh, a number one supporter of you. So, yeah. So I guess that's kind of the big takeaway from all that we're talking about today. You can put as much money in advertising such as you want, but really at the end of the day, it's just about getting in front of people. Is that, yep. is that accurate? That's it. So. And in the most fun way possible, we just start off the uh, conversation having fun with it. I mean, wh 
all these things we're talking about today, they're, they're fun. They're events. They're meeting people. They're, you know, people are going to invite you over for dinners and oh, you know, bring the family and all this sort of stuff. These are the things you got to get out there and do. And uh, you just have to be that popular person. That uh, I've, there's an agent in our one of our offices just killing it this year, and she's killing it because of the relationship she's built with these people. And they're inviting her out, and and it's just like I'm just my head spin every day, every night this week. I've got a different meeting, you know, or or dinner or whatever it is. And uh, yeah, she's really plugged in right now. The tough life of a socialite, I guess, eh? Like, that's almost, I guess, what we're all aspiring to be here like, in the real estate industry, just being out there, going to like different events, getting that FaceTime in. It's like, yeah. is there, is there going to be time to sell real estate if you get really good at this almost, right? Um, yeah, well, I guess tough, tough, good problems to have, though, if you're, if you're, <laughs> if you're having too much yeah. fun with it. Yeah. So I guess I've always wondered you know, the, the Kim Kardashians of the world, how they ended up, you know, doing how, as well as they do, right? Uh, I, obviously, they started with a lot of money and such too, but um, being a Doesn't professional socialite, yeah, like yep. how, how does that work? But I guess, you know, just getting in front of people, getting popular, like that that goes a long way. Yep. Okay, and on Kim Kardashian, maybe we'll close the show off. <laughs> oh, I got one more thing to give. Okay. One more last oh, that's tip. right. We got an app you wanted to talk about, yeah, right? Yeah, there's an app. We haven't done the app of the day for a while, so yeah, I figured I I'd right. bring up an app that I got from uh, the Vegas conference, a global conference somebody was telling me about, and uh, how how neat it was to come from somebody in Ohio, and uh, I plugged the app in, and I'm saying, oh, you know, it's probably not going to be relevant to my area. It's an app called Meetup. So M-E-E-T-U-P, Meetup. And uh, I downloaded it to, while I was there. Uh, I typed in my hometown, and sure enough, there was like 50 different events going on in my hometown that I had no clue. And essentially what it is is an app that, again, like-minded people want to create these events, whether it could be a... uh, It could be a baby group, you know, for wives that want to get together and, you know... uh, Yeah, meet up. and uh, so they could, but there's anything from real estate uh, networking groups to uh, financial, uh, you know, the mortgage brokers or whatever it is that are creating these groups, or just uh, it could be meet up uh, about a band. You know, you're in a band and you know, like-minded players want to get together and just chat about music. Those are all the different types of networking groups that are in there, and uh, it was fantastic. I mean, I uh, I actually ended up going home and saying, hey, you know, to my wife, you know, you should download this app because. She's got a. We have a four four month year old now, and uh, you know it might be some good groups for her to go out to. But what a great opportunity for real estate agents to look at what's available in the area and uh, attend one of these events. Oh, for sure. Uh, that sounds like an interesting thing to check out. Just good for anyone in general, not even just real estate yeah. involved, right? So, yeah. uh, anything else you want to talk about? Oh, that you can close it up there. That was it, eh? Okay, well, that's a much better point than closing on a Kim Kardashian point. So check <laughs> check out Meetup. I guess meetup.com is likely the, the website address for that one. Uh, but anyhow, if you like the show, subscribe to our show on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you like to, to listen to your podcasts online. And please don't forget to give us a five-star review on those sites because it really does actually help. You can watch us in past shows at spotlight.central21.ca slash podcast. If you need to reach us, you can email us anytime at podcast at homania.com. That's podcast at H-O-M-E-A-N-I-A dot com. So this podcast was brought to you by the Spotlight Marketing Program, an exclusive marketing package available only to Century 21 agents in Canada. Spotlight provides agents with a comprehensive internet marketing strategy for their listings. We provide high-quality HDR photography, stunning HD video tours, a cutting-edge responsive website, and an extensive advertising system that will help sell your listings faster, sell them for more money, impress your clients, and generate leads. Find out why so many top agents are using Spotlight by visiting spotlight.century21.ca today.
Aaron, thanks again as always. Have a great thanks, week. Thanks, Linus. You too.